Hey everybody, welcome back to Crafted on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Today, ON3P Ski's founder, Scott Andrus, is back on Crafted. The last time he was here, he was talking about knives. And if you came away from that conversation thinking that it sounds like Scott was really obsessed with knives, well, then I don't even know what to call it when it comes to coffee gear. I keep using the word psychopath. Others might just use the word, you know, really passionate or enthusiast. But as you are about to see, we are really, really going to get into the weeds on this one. And the objective here is to continue to explore the vast array of coffee gear out there. And more specifically, I'll admit, we're trying to home in on the next espresso machine for me personally. Now, just a couple of things here. I went back and listened to part one and part two in this series, my conversations with Andrew Gardner and Sam Higby. And I'm telling you, those are really sharp conversations. And so if you've yet to jump down this coffee gear rabbit hole with us, I highly recommend also listening to part one and part two. And the second thing you need to know is that Scott Andrus already got me to purchase a coffee grinder. And this is not a cheap coffee grinder. I made a comment on our last happy hour conversation that I kind of felt like I am finding myself under the spell of some cult leader here. Anyway, more on the coffee grinder in this conversation that Scott got me to purchase. And then the third thing we got to talk about, Scott's spreadsheet, Scott's coffee checklist. We're actually going to link to it in the show notes of this episode, but let's just say it is awesome. It is also a little terrifying. Some might be inclined again to use the word psychopath, but others might just say, hey, seems like Scott Andrus is a completist or something like that. Anyway, one more thought about all of this is if Scott is this obsessive about his coffee gear, well, it ought to give you a deep level of confidence in his obsessiveness when it actually comes to skis, the things he builds for a living. Anyway, this episode of Crafted is presented by our Blister Craft Collective, which is a small but growing collection of some of our favorite craft companies out there across a number of different categories. So we will include a link to the Blistercraft Collective in the show notes of this episode, and I strongly encourage you to check out that list. Check out then a number of the companies there, because I have a strong suspicion that some of those companies are going to make products that are going to become some of your favorite things too. And with that, let's do this. Time to really, really walk into the very tall weeds here with ON3P Skis founder, Scott Andrus. Here we go. Scott Andrus, the moment has arrived. We're going public 
with our psychotic conversations that we've been having, though, I'm just going to say, I, I actually mentioned this on the last Blister Happy Hour we recorded. I feel like you're actually the psychopath and I'm, I'm like the person that stumbled into a cult and you are very much the cult leader, but I now am like, wow, this cult leader really is making some great points. And I have now basically drunk the proverbial cult Kool-Aid and I'm a member of the Church of Coffee and here we are. Sounds about right. The Church of Spending Too Much Money <laughs> is what it really is. So before we get there, because I know this is important to both of us, we're going to reiterate that one of the beautiful things about coffee is that you can make exceptional coffee without spending many thousands of dollars right that's definitely the case so, <laughs> so it's, it's fun to do it both ways but yes yeah, so you can definitely be uh very affordable here so let's just spend a minute on this i mean basically yes yes you have your aeropress devotees out there and god bless all of you i'm not one of them um but the kind of, I don't know, either snobbier or just better version of the AeroPress would be something like going the pour over route and getting yourself a Hario V60 or a Kalita. And I was actually just looking at these again today because as we will get into espresso making, that can get quite expensive. But if you're trying to make exceptional coffee for cheap, yeah, some people are going to tell you get an AeroPress, but whatever. I think you or I might say go down the Hario or Kalita route. Is is that where you are on this? I think the AeroPress is fine too, for for what it's worth. But I I prefer pour overs to a an AeroPress. Whatever of these you know kind of pour over, um, you know kind of immersion devices, they're all pretty good if you uh, grind the beans right and prep them right. I I prefer a, like a Kalita Wave, like a flat bottom, but. I know a lot of people, the V60 is kind of the other main design that's really popular. Yeah. Did you kind of go down this whole pour over route or do you, do you still occasionally go the pour over route? Where, where are you in your uh, coffee journey when it comes to pour overs versus making espresso? I only make pour overs now if I'm making coffee for other people. Um, so like if like my parents are in town, that kind of thing. Um, I, that's where this started. In sort of a like starting to get nice coffee and like a decent grinder and uh you know starting to do pour overs and kind of learning that and then I just kind of jumped over it and now I never I never have pour overs anymore. Basically, we have like a really nice setup at work for doing them. Um, so like a couple of the guys at work are usually doing them, but I've gone just totally to espresso at this point. And so, and part of the reason for not going the pour over route is because. I mean, these things are all relative, but for you, is it primarily a, it takes too much time thing? That's sort of a factor. I, uh, well, I prefer the taste of espresso at this point also. Um, but I, I mean, I'm sure people that drink coffee at work can relate, but I like hate cold coffee. And I feel like whenever I do a pour over, I'd always have coffee left over that was cold. And then like, you have to manage it at work where like I drink espresso at home. Um, like even before I take a shower in the morning and like i'm just like my coffee is 10 minutes or like less it's like 
five or six minutes. I make two espressos and I'm done for the day. Um, so I don't know. I kind of like the like ritual of that process. And then I just don't have to manage coffee at all the rest of the day. I mean, you know, don't think about it. Don't have like a cold cup. I'm not having to like, I, I'm sure like we have people here who like get coffee cups like on their desk or at their workstation, you know, stuff like that. So it's, uh, I, I think for me and my schedule, this, the speed of pour overs and then the process of drinking all pour over just doesn't fit with how I structure my day. So mm -hmm. yeah. you're just trying to mainline that coffee kind of right into the, right into the veins as quickly as you can, except it, you like good coffee. You're not trying to like mainline junk. Correct. But I don't know. It's just nice to have like five minutes to not think about work. And then, then you just start thinking about work kind of. So, um, you know, I get to think about coffee for not, not too long. Cause it doesn't take very long to make two espressos. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just done for the day. The other, this is like a weird tidbit too, but I drink my coffee before I brush my teeth. So I don't like, I, I don't, I don't know that this actually would be the case, but I, I like not having coffee stains on my teeth all day. So, Hmm. Yeah, I'm getting old, and now having like, you know teeth work is expensive. So. <laughs> wow! So your your so your remedy for that is to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on coffee equipment. I guess it's a perk. It's, it's, it's not. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, so we have put out our important caveat that exceptional coffee can be made very inexpensively with a Hario V60 or a Kalita Wave, etc. But now we're diving in. And as you and I have been talking, there is so much going on right now in the world of new grinders and new coffee makers and all of this technology. And I, I guess I wanted to just ask you personally on this. Are you actually intrigued by all of this new tech is that the kind of obsession about this or are you still just in pursuit of exceptional coffee i think both are the case i think i like um you know like i said there's something kind of like ritual about coffee like getting up your day and like getting ready for work and having something that that tastes good as long as it's you know you're doing it right um but yeah it's a pretty I think you and I started talking about this like December or something. I don't know. Not that long ago in the coffee world between, you know, then and now is already substantially different. So it's a, um, there's a lot of new stuff coming out in coffee right now. It's a little hard to keep up, um, especially, you know, if you just kind of view it as like a little hobby on the side. But yeah, there's a lot of really interesting stuff coming in terms of grinders and in terms of, uh, you know, new ways to make, make espresso, especially. So yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I, you know, because I, I have yet to purchase my espresso machine. We've had a couple of good conversations about this whole thing on Crafted. But my answer to that question is like, well, are you just a tech dork and you're fascinated by all the new technology coming out? I think for me, it's really actually just about the coffee. And so... As you know, from some of the conversations that we've had, I'm like a, a, a principle that you and I both share is like buy, spend the money, buy, quote unquote, right once. And then yeah, I'd love to just live, live with the equipment for years and years and years. Like I do not 
see myself as being somebody that's like, I just always want the latest, newest gadgets out there. I'd rather dial in my stuff, spend a lot. I'm willing to spend a lot, but then dial in the stuff, learn how to use it really well and stick with that for, I don't know, the next 10 or 20 years. Now, I'm either being delusional about that and I actually do care more about the latest tech. And given that I run a review company where all we do is review the latest stuff, do you believe me that I'm on like, let's just get great coffee and then marry the machine and the gear and we stick with it a long time? Or are you like, you're delusional? (laughs) Might have given you a different answer six months ago. I mean, I think like the E61, which is kind of the direction you're going, is a really, it's, I don't know, 70 years old, something like that. What you're going, what it, the path it seems like you're on is going to be a sustainable, you know, good espresso machine for a long time. There's there's definitely kind of a new range of uh, like smart espresso makers. So Decent is sort of like the grandfather of that, that actually made it to market. Um, you know, you can control temperature, flow rate, uh, pressure, all these different things, and it's repeatable. And that's really interesting. And then Meticulous right now is kind of the new guy. They just, they're kind of doing their first uh, product offering right now on Kickstarter, which it's, it's sort of does the same thing, except it's uh, it's piston kind of based uh, to create the pressure. There's no boiler. Um, I think, you know, the, what these things are offering is control and, and repeatability, which is like something that, you know, as we start talking about the E61 with flow control, which is kind of where you're going, repeatability is sort of, somewhat difficult because you're manually controlling the machine. I do think that the control level that these machines are giving you are is really appealing, but I wonder, like for me, I don't think I spend the time on this to get the return on the investment, if that makes sense. Where like, I just, I'm not going to spend every morning, you know, for 30 minutes, like developing a profile that changes supper. I just want to go. So I could see... Like I've thought, you know, eventually I could see getting something like a meticulous where you kind of develop profiles for a bean and then you, you know, you try to basically repeat that process to an extent with a E61 if you want speed. But I don't, the amount of time that that I've kind of heard that you need to invest into something like a decent to kind of get, get the return back is higher than I'm willing to do. So that's why for me, you know, they're not super, well, they're appealing, but they're not worth the money kind of thing. Um, for me at the moment, but I think the the direction it's going is really, really interesting. So um I I I I think for me, I I like the sound of the repeatability and all that. But man, I at the moment don't love the idea that I've got to now get on a stupid app every time I'm trying to make a cup of coffee. Like, you know, I, I feel like my life, like I'm either out skiing or i'm at a computer you know and the idea now to get up to go get my favorite thing in the world you know coffee um now i gotta get on my phone like i i'm okay with a setup of a machine to go through and get that repeatability or whatever but the idea that like to make a cup of coffee i've got to first get onto an app that just on the face of it i don't love the sound of that yeah i kind of agree yeah i just again it just depends on what you're doing is if you're drinking you know just to drink good coffee obviously you can very easily do that without a computer telling you what to do or or that level of control 
you know, I do think eventually you're going to start seeing more and more computerization of these machines. Um, but you are also starting to see some of the things that people have been wanting in terms of pressure profiling um, worked into sort of like the PID and then the process of brewing espresso. So um, I know Lilith and their new V3 Bianca um, added basically like a pressure profiling or a pre-infusion timer that you can control the time and stuff like that. So essentially it's like a mechanical, you know, level of control where you're setting the time. Um, you're still controlling the flow with the, the, the paddle, but, um, you know, we're, they're adding some levels of computerized control and standardization, even outside of, uh, you know, sort of like a tablet type uh, control system. So, and that again is all just standardization and making things easier for the, for the end user. I feel like I'm absolutely burying the lead here by not yet talking about the wild spreadsheet you sent me. But nevertheless, we're not going to get to the spreadsheet just yet. Instead, we're going to get to the other wild thing, which is that you got me to purchase a $1,000 grinder. It's a pretty affordable grinder these days. (laughs) There's people listening to this that are absolutely agreeing with what you said, and there's other people listening to this that are kind of scandalized at the moment. So I I imagine we have both types of listeners. So talk a bit more, dear cult leader, about um, grinders. I want to hear a bit of your backstory because you obsessed hard on this topic. And then what led, well, us to getting this... uh, the, the grinder we went with. The floor is yours. Well, so if we're talking to a bunch of skiers, I, I think the grinder is the ski boots. It's the most important part of the entire process. There's finally been, um, you know, a slew of good single dosing consumer pricing grinders coming out. So like the niche zeros kind of like, I don't know how long it's been out, three or four years. That was kind of like the first one, um, you know, to do a really good conical uh, espresso grinder. Um, and then the DF64 kind of came out, which was sort of like, it's basically like a motor with a flat brew attached to it. It's like super, super basic, kind of had some quirks, which some people have really disliked. I don't really care about them. It, you bought one of those. In for the record, it's a tur- Turin DF64. You're going to see it under a bunch of different names because um, it's just, but uh, yeah, it's a tur- Turin DF64 or um yeah it's like i said it's going to get rebranded a bunch of stuff but essentially it's like a 64 millimeter flat brewer with a motor just like a motor attached it's super super basic um which for me the burrs are kind of the the goal here um getting a good set of burrs whether they're conical or flat like you can debate that you know to the end of time but yeah so i started on pour over which we were just using um a fellow ode which if you're doing pour over is a great grinder. Um, they just made some updates to it and it's, you know, it's a 64 millimeter flapper. You can, there's a ton of 64 millimeter options now. So you can kind of tailor your, you know, kind of the flavor profile coming out from the birds. And that's what we started at work with pour overs because it's just a good um, do it all. It doesn't really have the power to do espresso consistently. So I think I started up to some easy presso. I might be saying that wrong. Hand grinder where I was doing, um actually started on this contraption called a nine barista at work which is like a it's a guy who did um like rockets or something like that he's some sort of 
aerospace guy, and it uses this like fancy contraption of heat and pressure to create essentially espresso in this like little handheld unit that looks super premium. So I got that at work. So I just had like a small little espresso maker there. Wait, wait, wait. These like when we're talking about all of these different grinders and talking about conical versus flat are, you know, and yeah, you can hear coffee dorks talking about, ah, this one really brings out these subtleties or these nuances. First of all, in your experience, you buy this, how, how subtle or significant are these differences? Or is this just some imaginary shit that just shows like coffee dorks are actually delusional people? I mean, if you have two ends of a spectrum, you know, like a niche zero versus a SSP MMP burr, that's pretty stark. Um, okay. And so when I was running both of those, I would like say I was opening up, I usually buy just, you know, a normal thing, a coffee, and that gives me, um, you know, about a week's worth of coffee. I'll work through it. And usually the first time when I'm dialing in, I dial in a shot in each so and see which flavor profile I like, and then I would use that grinder through the rest of the, the process. So you can tell, I mean, if it's a if it's a good spread between the burr types, um, then yeah, you can tell quite a bit. You know, uh, I think the, the, the general, I don't know, the pe- people always say that conical has more mouthfeel and more body and texture and flat is less, but that's kind of a, it's like much more complex than that. Um, you know, so I'm on, uh, we just moved to this DF83, turn DF83, which has this high humidity burrs, which is designed to have really consistent output in terms of the, uh, the grind size. And then on those, you know, it's a flat burr, but I get, you know, in my, my experience, I've only had it a couple, like a week, week and a half, but it's been, um, you know, comparable in terms of like the body feel to me, to the niche I had. So um it's not flat versus conical isn't quite it's not just a versus b like it's not just apples and oranges it's it's more complex than that um in terms of your output so you know there's a ton of different options right now obviously like there's it's burrs are crazy so it's you kind of have to pick a profile that you like and kind of just stick with it i think a little bit so this makes it really tricky for this series where i've said you know it looks like I'm going to be getting a lot of different types of beans coming in um, as, you know, coffee roasters are reaching out or sending some things. And by the way, shout out, I'm currently drinking a cup of Ethiopian Benti Nenka from Calibration Coffee Labs. And this is a small new coffee roaster out of South Carolina that's doing some really interesting stuff. But one of the things I've said is... I want to have gear that's going to let me bring out the best in different types of roasts and different types of coffee. And this seems incredibly complex, right? As opposed to just saying, well, this is the profile that I personally like. And then I'm going to get the gear that will like from the grinder to the coffee maker that will play best with what I personally like. So what do I do here? Do I need to own like 10 grinders? The reality is all these grinders are making good coffee at this point. Um, There's design quirks of each and there's price quirks of each. I mean, that's kind of been the thing where the the nice thing about the DF64 when it came out was that it was reasonably priced. Like call it, I don't know, five, 
four or five hundred bucks came with a good set of stockbers. You could upgrade it to SSPs for two fifty more, um, and it made you know home espresso a lot more achievable. Where you know before that, <laughs> and you know espresso grinders are are quite a bit more money. I mean, easily you can hit twenty five hundred, you know, two two thousand pretty quick, and you know there's stuff that's approaching four thousand now, um, even for single dose and grinders. So all of these are pretty good. You're gonna dial in your coffee in a way that uh, tastes good to you and you like it basically it's kind of there's no way to lose right now if you're getting any of these pretty decent you know decent grinders they're all they're all pretty good so i think if you know a way your taste you know your taste buds kind of like to go you can tailor that a little bit by either going you know you might prefer a conical or you might prefer um you know an ssp that's that's going to give you a lot of clarity like i know right now we just Together got this DF eighty three with high uniformity, and I'm still I'm still keeping that DF sixty four with the MMPs because it's you know if I have something that is um, you know kind of has like a almost like a tea I'm looking for like a, a really 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 fruity I'll probably try between both grinders and see which I like and then you know grind the bag that way so um, you can have a little bit of variety but pretty much any of these nicer you know and nicer I'm talking like. 450, 500 and up, because that's kind of like where the DF64 starts, are going to be great grinders. So you say all this, you say all this, and you try to sound like you're this super chill, normal person where you're like, oh, the grinders are all fine. But you also admitted that you like panicked when <laughs> you heard, when time, I, was it a time? Was it a time for a minute? Yeah. I, well, for you, not for me. I was content. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> There's just new stuff coming out all the time, and Timor came out with this. Uh, I think it's called like Sculptor or whatever. The I just think numbers like the the 78 millimeter um, build quality looks really good. I think they just did a Kickstarter on it, so it's cheaper than what you and I paid for these DF DF 83s. Um, but also, I think I had a moment of like, that's fine. That's just it's just another great option. We have we ordered a great option, and like I said, I I'm like. I don't care the things that people don't like about the DF64 and the 83 are it's it requires for some of them and the older 64s this was the case more but they require a little bit of work so they have sometimes have um kind of issues they have these uh, declogging strips that can like kind of catch grinds and stuff like that I just cut mine out cuz I WTT which is um I use needles to break up the the clumps so I don't really you know there's things like that where I just cut those out and I don't mind bellowing uh, which is like a you're tapping basically like a little air like sleeve that pushes air through and kind of gets the last of the grinds out. There's little things like that with um, that turn style grinder that I don't care about. I really just care about like a powerful motor that has the right burrs in it and I'll work around it. Because if as you get into like nicer workflow, like that's what people talk about is like easy workflow. And I I don't really I don't really care about hitting bellows for workflow, but you know you're starting to get into like a legome. Uh, like you know p100 which is i don't know like 2600 dollars. it's just too much for too too steep for me if i you know i'll save a thousand bucks and hit a bellow kind of thing so mm -hmm. yeah dear lord <sighs> so anyway i i was slightly worried that the the time or the new one was going to be like substantially better but i think it looks very good uh you know because you and i had to pre-order these it took 
I don't know, months. four months, four months to get yeah. them or something. So, um, and then, and then mine and mine arrived and I have been too afraid to like open the box. So I finally opened the box, um, two days ago and just kind of looked at it. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, man, this is, um, yeah, yeah, it's big. It's heavy. Um, I'm like, I, I, I joke all the time that like at someday I'm going to write a book called the no prep lifestyle because that's how I've kind of like all preparation of anything in my life over the last 12 years has been exclusively devoted to blister. And then every other part of my life is about minimizing any amount of preparation at all in every walk. And I'm completely breaking all the rules of my no prep lifestyle here. So that's why this still feels actually insane to me. Um, and yet I love coffee. And so if ever I was going to depart radically from my no prep lifestyle, it's for this particular cause, coffee. So I, I think, so this is like slightly uh, cart in front of the horse, but you, you and I talked about doing, like I had planned to do like a little like coffee flight. We were going to, anyway, I think you can get this process down to be reasonably mindless um, in the morning. So I think you can match your like for a good coffee that you're making yourself versus not having to spend a ton of time. Like the amount of prep you'll do for this, like and you don't have to do a lot of, but like be weighing your beans and making sure you have the coffee, the espresso machine is on in the morning, like 30 minutes before you get up. So it's heated, stuff like that. Those things make this pretty easy. So I think, I, like I said, I, we should time it, but I'm pretty sure I do two two double espressos in like five thirty or less. It's pretty five quick. minutes and thirty seconds. Yeah, pretty. I and this and this is for like exceptional. Are you like the, I'm making exceptional espresso that I would happily pay for at a coffee shop? I mean, how good are we talking here? It's just, just it's as good as I could make because I don't. There's no like the the decisions that you have to make in that process are kind of already made right so like i pre-weigh my beans and pre-store them so i don't have to weigh beans in the morning um i've usually like i want you know say i I have uh i'm doing like one bag for a week by the second day i kind of have the settings decided so you know there's a there's a two second decision in the morning if i'm just sticking with the grind that we're on or um you know, maybe I want to move the grinder like two or three things back and do like turbo shot or something like that's a really quick decision. The grinding's quick. The puck prep's all the same every single day. The espresso's already heated. I, you know, it's just very, you can make it, make it really quick because the processes are simple and repeatable. Um, and the things that take a long time aren't, they've already been decided or, are, you know, the machine's already heated and all that yeah. stuff. So okay. it doesn't take all that long. I like the sound of this. I'm willing to do five and a half minutes for a double espresso. That's phenomenal. That sounds like a great, that, that sounds like a great use of my time. You, can, you should be able to get two. We'll get your speed down. Wait, I said double espresso. What do you mean two? I get two I double two, espressos? Two doubles. That's what I, I make two double espressos every morning. In five minutes? Probably. Yeah, about. I thought I'd I'm pretty sure I sent you like a little video of this. I thought <laughs> you probably did. I think I did. Yeah, it's quick. I think like two two thirty 
Nespresso sounds about right. Because you're doing stuff at the same time too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so you're um Okay, I'm yeah. I'm all in. I'm fully in. I'm back in. I don't care what all this costs. This is the best investment of my entire life. I agree. Okay. What should we do here? Do you want to talk about particular espresso machines or do you want to talk about your unbelievable spreadsheet? Which should we do next? I mean, we can talk machines a little bit to kind of understand where you're at and like where I ended up with IMAT. Cause I'm, you know, I don't do milk. I just do espresso. So like I'm a unique test case where like, I think most people are doing milk drinks. So like talking about that, we're like, that's one thing on here. Yeah. You'll notice on that spreadsheet on the milk stuff, it's like, I don't do milk. I own a two pitchers. So like conceivably I can do milk. And when I do milk, I just do it on the stove and then I froth it basically. Um, so let's have let's have this conversation because I think this is an important one. And maybe on how I ended up on my machine and why your machine, unfortunately for you, is going to be so much more because you have to have, like you you don't have to have, but you're going to end up with something that's a dual boiler, which you can but, do. But so let's talk about this because at the moment, no, I never add milk at all ever to, it, I'm just running americanos basically out of my yura or i still have a mocha master for lighter roasts that's my setup i'm never adding anything and so as we've been talking about and looking at like the heavy hitter espresso makers they are dual boilers and this raises the first question it's like do i need a dual boiler or do I get a single boiler? And then for the rare occasions where I'm adding milk, we go a different route because this is like a thousand dollar difference, right? In terms of, of machines and costs and what we're looking for. So let's have the milk, let's have the milk conversation. Sure. So I don't, I never drink milk drinks ever. So the, on the rare, rare occasions that I have to make a milk drink, um, I just hate the milk on the stove and then i use one of those like like french press looking frothers um mm -hmm. which is fine like it's not it's fine but because of that I, I you know i was able to go with a much cheaper but nice espresso machine for home so like i you know i'm on a ecm puristica which essentially is a single boiler no frills um just espresso machine and uh it's an e61 and because I don't have to, you know, it's really compact. I live in a really, my house is really small. Um, so I don't have a ton of room for a little coffee bar. So I needed stuff as compact as possible. So for me, compared to the, like the dual boilers I would want to be looking at, which, you know, you and I have talked a lot about price. And I've said that I think for dollar per dollar, you know, the Lily Bianca is like about as good as you're going to get. And that's, probably $3,200 right now, you know, pretty expensive where our Priestica is half that, um, you know, so that's a huge amount of money just to have the ability to do milk. So now a machine that's going to actually steam milk is going to produce better milk drinks for sure than heating up milk in a microwave or a stove and frothing it. But, you know, it's all about like what, what you value. So to me, I, again, I, we've talked about this, like I want stuff to be reasonably mindless in the morning. I don't want to have to make any intense decisions. 
or anything. That's why I wasn't super interested in a heat exchanger because I didn't want to have to manage the temperature. And I do know on those now, I think you can turn off the milk side so that you're not managing, you know, the, the process is more simplified and stuff like that. But I don't know. I just like the simplicity of a dual boiler. Um, if I were going to something that was going to do both milk and milk and coffee at some point. So this is the question. Do I spend a bunch of extra money to get a dual boiler for the sake of kind of future proofing, right? If, and by the way, I got to say, shout out to Matt Manzer or damn you, Matt Manzer, but Manzer kind of got me into Cortados last summer, um, actually in Italy. And so I can imagine a world where like, oh, wow, I can actually make amazing cortados at home. But then if we're getting back again to hashtag no prep lifestyle, if this is a bunch of extra time now cleaning machines and cleaning to get milk, you know, out of the system and blah, 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 chances are knowing myself that ain't happening. And so did I just buy a dual boiler and I never turn on the second boiler? Yeah, I, I mean, I, don't, I can't answer that, obviously, but. Um, I don't think it's quite as much work. You still have to clean the machine if it's a single boiler. You know what I mean? Like you still have to make sure you're managing scale and it's, you know, they get dirty. So so you don't think adding the milk component actually kicks up the maintenance and clean time for this stuff much? I mean, not. Because I, I, I think, think that's a real factor for remember me. Remember that I, I, you know, a lot of, you can do a lot of this stuff at the same time with a dual boiler. So you can be, you know, steaming your milk while your espresso is pouring and you know is you can manage workflow in a way that the actual you know maybe you're doing a little more work in terms of you know because when you're brewing espresso especially if you're just setting the flow and forgetting it you're just standing there for you know 20 to 40 seconds whatever whatever you're doing so you can you know i don't think it's that big of an add-on i i think for me like if i had the ability i would probably have learned how to steam milk and had it as an option but i just don't I don't know, right you know, right now from a first when I was purchasing it at the time, it was like, eh, it's just, you know, an extra thousand bucks is a lot of money. And yeah, I was except more you you own thirteen grinders. grinders. Yeah. Grinders, you're like but... <laughs> I'm gonna go single boiler, but then buy twelve grinders. <sighs> two grinders. But the you know, and the cost of those two grinders is less than the upgrade to get a dual boiler of milk. So I you know, I would spend the money that way for me. Um but I don't know, eventually, like I've wanted to potentially get a second machine at some point. I mean, we'll see. And if I did that, something, there's a couple, there's a lever machine I'm kind of interested in coming out, which is a Londinium. They're making like a compact one. And that one has the ability to do milk. So maybe I'll add it eventually. But I don't think, I wouldn't worry about it from a cleaning end because most of the time you're not going to be using it. So, but it's a huge cost. That's the thing. I mean, you're looking <sighs> so... I'm on an ECM Puristica, which is like, I don't know, 1500 bucks, whatever it is. Yep. Add 200 for flow control. And then if you go up to their, like the same style, but in a dual boiler, you're at 3700, which is a Synchronica by ECM. So, and then there's in between there, like that's as nice as I think as you're going to get in this sort of e E61 style of espresso machine. And obviously then... You know, there's stuff down, uh, Profit Tech, you know, 600 and the Lady Bianca. And like, there's all this, you know, you can, those are still dual boilers. And then you can step down even to the heat exchanger. So 
you don't have to go crazy, but I don't know. I like I said, I'm a buy once, cry once. I I've like already gotten that wrong. Where like you know, I bought a like a this like nine barista super super cool thing, and then I've used it like ten times, and it just sits now, and it was like four hundred bucks. So I don't know. If if you you spend that much, you literally outside of something, I suppose like a decent or something like that, you really can't step up too much further. So and then the things that you're stepping up even above that, so like a Marzoko, like Linea Mini or the Micra, or then even higher to like a Slayer. <clears throat> I've always felt those are more like they have single groups for home, but um, they I don't know they've always felt much more commercial to me in terms of their setup, especially since they're not like they're not real flow control machines they basically have preset settings which for a an environment where you're you're having to make coffee all day in a shop that makes a ton of sense to have like preset controls um but i like kind of the freedom of a full uh full flow control so so i don't know i think i think you live at the priestica i think anything above you'd also be pretty happy so wait but you have been saying on this is news because you have actually been on the ECM Synchronica front. That's the one you've been like, that's your machine. If, yeah. If I were buying a dual boiler and that's the one I would buy and I would save up the extra 500 bucks to probably get it over a Lelite or something like that. So. And why, why would you buy it over the Lelite in um, your opinion? Obviously. Totally. I mean, the Lelite is super, super good. So I'd be perfectly handed. I think uh, when you're buying stuff at, this price point, part of it's the looks, the appearance. I like the, they've got sort of like a matte black sort of the side panel look I really like. I pref- I would prefer from just kind of handling them locally. Uh, they have paddles versus knobs, which I just kind of prefer. That's like super minor and would be basically irrelevant for me because I don't do milk. And I think the, the build quality on ECM is like as good as you're going to get. And also just for the record, ECM and Profitech are the same. So a lot of the same internal components. Um, so I don't know, just part of it's just like brand, like people just have brand affinities and I really like what they've done. I really like how that machine looks. Um, but I mean, then for me, like say I was going to spend 3,700 or whatever on a Synchronica, I would then be saying, okay, why not just get a decent at 4,100 chip that actually gives you, you know, cause if I were upgrading my Periostica to an ECM Synchronica right now, and I don't do milk, I'm not gaining anything. Like mm-hmm. it's it's literally a net a net zero gain for me in terms of investment. So if I were spending that much money, I would be looking at probably getting a decent um and I'd probably keep both, to be honest, and so have something that gives me, you know, an insane amount of control and then have something that's, you know, more traditional and I could rationalize that in my head somehow and spend that money probably <laughs> if I had it. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I've, I've actually said, I've actually called you a psychopath repeatedly on Crafted. I don't know if you've listened to every episode, but that's happened. And the irony is it's, you know, you're, I call you like obsessive about ski building, but you're like a psychopath when it comes to coffee. If you were to get the decent machine, I suspect you would then find out like, wow, I love this thing or not so much. And if you love the decent and it's, doing everything you want then i imagine you would sell off your puristica right like why i don't understand why even if you what would be the scenario where you would want to keep both i don't know two is one one is none redundancy 
<laughs> there you go. I, That's I, the right answer. The one, Can't you gotta have a backup maker? Yeah. The one thing I'll say, um, the you know I said earlier that what I've kind of heard on the decent that stuff is that you know it has uh, it has web updates and it's the type of machine that you could just spend hours on. But the flip side is you can develop a profile you want, and in the morning you click a button and it does your flow profiling for you. So in terms of speed, you can get that machine and also have it do what I'm doing now, which is like sort of like, you know, I, I'll, you know, doing some flow profiling in the morning, but nothing really complex that can do it all for you at the click of a button. So it can actually be even more mindless if you want it to be, but it also has this whole expanded world. There's a bunch of people with it. They have, there's like an ownership forum, like people are doing different profiles, stuff like that. So if I were to ever spend that amount of money, I wouldn't end up with a Sopranica. I would probably end up with a decent. So, but then you got interesting stuff like this meticulous coming out, which it's kind of doing the same type of thing where you have a lot of control. So maybe I, you know, you could rationalize it by doing that. And then you have something that you can develop profiles for. And then, you know, you also have an E61. So, um, Part of it's aesthetic too. Like people, not everyone is like really worrying about their flow profiles. Some people just want a machine that looks good and looks classic. And you know, I don't think there's much more classic looking than an E61. So I honestly just want. I'm very clear about this. I want really, really good coffee as quickly as possible. So you develop a system around that. You know, develop your uh, the the work that you do ahead of time. So, like I said, I think it's in the spreadsheet, pre-weighing beans, stuff like that, just things to make it as mindless as possible in the morning. The DF, the DF83, the one thing, it grinds beans really fast. So I've been doing, you know, just seeing the DF64 versus the 83, and the 83 is quick. So it has a lot of surface area and, you know, do things like that to uh, cut time. You can do other, what else? You can uh, add filter paper. On the base of your portafilter, or your base on your um, your basket, will will speed up uh, flow rate, cut time there. So there's seconds to cut if you want to do it. Um, I mean, I don't want it to be like a Formula One pit stop, you know, where I'm like, I I I want to be chill and I'm zombied and thinking about other things while I'm doing this. That yeah, I I, I don't want to give the impression I'm I'm talking. Yeah, the 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 Formula One pit stops maybe the best analogy here. That I don't want to like. Yeah, I'm not going to be like racing the clock. I don't know. Okay, I think we should move on to your amazing spreadsheet that we're going to link to in the show <laughs> notes of this episode. Are but link to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, people need to see this. This is amazing <sighs> and terrifying. Um, what one of the things before we even discuss any of this? Um, first of all, this spreadsheet has 33 different things that according to you, I'm likely going to need to buy 33. 32. And then this 30. <laughs> That's 32. Don't ever sell it. Right. My bad. 32. Some of these notes, I just, before we even like line up what these notes were for, like line them back to the product notes from Scott. Um, don't skimp on this one. Buy once, cry once. Uh, here's another one. Do you need two? Who really knows? Better to be safe. Um, another note, uh, this particular item is highly personal. Let's talk options. I, this is maybe my favorite note. 
I got a rainbow spoon for you. It's true. So that's exciting. Cut. Let me keep going. A couple, couple, couple other notes. Uh, F the fellow ones so much. Airscape is the way. I'll say it. Fuck those things. <laughs> oh my god, they're terrible. Another note. Let's talk time. What is your time worth? That now we're just getting into straight philosophy. Yeah. Um. Here's another note. You want this? Let's talk cheap options. This note, I don't even know. Maybe we'll stop here. This is for the hype hypes. Oh yeah. What I are you that talking is, about? That was uh only like people on YouTube. It was like a it's like a daddy's hoff. Uh, which people, if you watch coffee YouTube, you'll know daddy hoff is. It's yeah. his like a little just like little white uh bean measuring mean measuring uh uh thing to pour in a grinder so like you're gonna with the df83 you're gonna have to rdt which is it's ross droplet technique it's basically means you gotta spritz your beans with water to help prevent static and you you don't want to ideally be doing it in the collection cup that will collect the grinds afterwards because then that's wet so you you know i use a a little cup that's like this like tray i don't have one of the nice nice ones i got like a cheap one on on Amazon, it's like a like for measuring tea or some shit. But anyway, you 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 pour that in, you shake it up to help prevent static and pour it in. So there's this like white one that uh, is is I what did I call it the hype pipe? Yeah, it's like it's like thirty dollars for this little piece of ceramic. So anyway, if you want to get it, you should get it. It's oh on there. God. Okay. Well, everybody else is now looking at this spreadsheet of yours. So I don't know. The floor is yours. What do you want to talk about in this amazing and psychotic spreadsheet? I mean, we talk about all of it. <laughs> um, maybe I sort this by. I'm going to sort it by must to ideal. And what did I, I did this really late, by the way? So okay, impressive spreadsheet skills, by the way. I I have to look at Kristen Sinat's spreadsheets all the time here at Blister, and you and she both are like way more sophisticated when it comes to spreadsheets. I make incredibly simple spreadsheets, um, but this is this is pretty impressive, at least from my vantage point. It's it's pretty good sheet. I would say so myself. Um, <laughs> all right, what did I say? So I said the espresso machine was a must. We talked about sort of general direction there. And then I said tamper, which whatever machine you buy is going to come with a tamper. Just throw it away. That's um, terrible. Why? I mean, it's, if I'm paying $3,700 for an ECM Synchronica, it's, it's I gonna, can't even get a nice tamper with it's it. going to come with a $5 tamper that you should just throw away. You can use it. It's fine. Yeah, tampers, you can go with stuff. Like, you, you want something that is tight fit for your basket. So, ideally, something that's like, so we're, you're going 58 mil for your baskets. So you want something that's going to be like 58.3 to 58.5, ideally. So I bought a bunch. I can tell you which ones I wouldn't buy. And then you can get ones that will level for you. They have like, they're kind of like spring loaded. I said, get a, a Kaya Lunar scale for measuring the espresso. That's, that's just the scale. It's really expensive. Um, how much, how much are we talking? 250 probably. Wow. And then I said, get a 20 gram basket, 20 or 18. I would just get a VST or a Pullman. If you wanted to spend a lot of money, Weber's now doing a really nice milled basket that's like, I don't know, $200, which I'm not, not there. I would just get a ridged 
DST 20 gram. Good basket. Knockbox. You got to get one of those. I I don't know. That's whatever fits on your countertop. Something cheap. Nothing now fits on my countertop. I have a mortar launcher of a grinder on the countertop. I have my Yura backup maker, and now I've got some machine to be determined. You can get a drawer knockbox and then just put the grinder on top of it. Solve that problem. Cleaning powder. It's like a salt. Uh, you'll use that and a blind filter to clean your machine. Dosing funnel. You'll throw it on top of your basket before you WTT. You, you do need that. Which WTT has to happen? That's a must now. Okay, so those are the musts. It's a good basket, cleaning supplies, a scale for measuring espresso, which you can do beans on too, knockbox for your puck, a decent tamper, a grinder, and espresso machine. What did I... Okay, so that's... You can make coffee with that. You can even skip the tamper if you wanted to use the shitty one in the box. No, everybody says don't do that. I just think that's bad. Like, these expensive machines should not be coming with tampers where everyone literally is like, just throw them away. That's wasteful and stupid. It's too personal, though. I mean, people like to get a certain look. So, you know, and some people like the levelers. Like, it's kind of, I kind of get it. So... In the ideal range, I said you need a smart outlet. Turn the machine on. Oh, I have to have that, right? That will save because a bunch I'm not, of time. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to say more on that front? Just because for, again, if there's... I can't imagine that any people who aren't obsessive about coffee are still listening at this point. But so that just means you have an automatic timer because these machines, like your single boiler, Puristica, how long does that take to heat up? Um, I mean... It, it's it's actually it's quicker than some of these other machines, but I wouldn't use it. Ideally, I give it at least thirty minutes. So, one of the the things with espresso is you want good temperature stability, and essentially, any sixty one is just sort of like a block of metal, and you have water from the boiler that slowly moves through it and heats it up. So you have to heat not only the boiler and get the water to temp, but you have to heat the e sixty one head so that it's temperature stable. Um, so, I usually set the machine you know the machine's like up for at least 30 minutes before i wake up so um it just saves you know that's that's how to do it to save a reasonable amount of time otherwise if you turn it on you you know you're just standing there for 30 minutes waiting for it to to get to a functional point and that's not going to be true of like there are machines that will be quicker for sure so um you know things like a decent will heat up quicker but for an e61 which is a pretty old design you need time um, all right. Then I said, you got to have a WTT. So essentially with espresso, the enemy, like what everyone's working on right now with espresso is like consistency and preventing channeling. So, um, you know, so you're seeing, uh, you know, grind consistency is a factor there. And then you get into all the puck prep. So, um, WTT is essentially using needles to break up any clumps. So you have consistent uh, you know, consistent puck. And when we were talking about the baskets, the new thing there is people are going from these sort of stamped baskets, which are like $20 a basket to these nice billet CNC milled baskets. So, um, you know, Weber's doing that. Um, Wafo is doing that. And then there's one other guy doing it. Um, and essentially those are like the big thing that they're doing on those is they're getting uh, full width spread on the holes. So instead of, you know, in a 58 millimeter portafilter, you're putting a basket that's like 48 millimeters. 
something like that on the spread of the holes. These are having full spread. So the idea is essentially you have less chance of channeling um, because the basket has more holes for the for the water to flow through. So with this, especially because I'm probably going to push you to cut out the uh, declumping guy on the DF-83, even though it's improved, quote unquote, um, we're still going to cut it out. Uh, then you want WDT um, to break that up. I put a little tamping pad. There's like people who get like, like nice wood ones and stuff like that. I just use a like a $10 Amazon one that sits on the side of the table. Uh, puck screen. I'm going to just give you one of mine. A puck screen is this like thin uh, sort of mesh metal. It's been sold to everyone as it's going to distribute the water. So you have more even water flow through the puck. I, who knows how true that really is. I use it because it keeps the shower screen cleaner and I have to clean the machine less. I also said you should get a time more coffee scale. That's the second scale you don't need, <laughs> but I, I have a scale I use for espresso. And then I have one that I would use for pour overs and coffee beans. And the, the thing so, with the, yeah, yeah. Say more on that. Cause I'm <clears throat> curious, given the whole pour over thing that I also have to get, I want to hear about scales I can use for pour overs versus scales for espresso versus scales so for beans. Like what, am, what are we doing here? Part of this is like the size of the scale. So yeah, the, the Akaya Lunar is really, really small and it's designed to fit under, you know, s s like espresso machines sometimes where um, you don't have like a lot, your drip tray is small, like on a periodic, I couldn't really fit. Like I could kind of make it work depending on the right cup, but I couldn't really fit a time or scale. Um, so, you know, it's just a larger scale. The flip side of that is that really small Akaya Lunar. If you were to put um, like a big glass on it that you were doing a V60 into, it's hard to see the numbers because it's so small. Gotcha. So it, this is a cheaper scale with a little more, a uh, little more size to it. So that's what I use for beans and I use for uh, any pour overs that I was doing. Espresso glasses. This is the one that I'm like, it's kind of up to you. I like. I like the crew of espresso glasses, even though they're really expensive because they have these little fins in them that allow you to stir the coffee and it kind of mixes it for you without having to use a spoon that you have to clean. Um, but I keep breaking them and I've broken five at this point and they only sell them in twos. So I'm like, anyway, pisses me off there, but they're very nice glasses. Um, what did I say? A bean scoop, just a spoon for measuring out the beans, just the dish towel. Yeah, I just have a rag. I use it to dry the uh, the basket in between shots. And then I said you could, if you were doing milk, you could have one pitcher. Um, it does seem like the people that are good at doing milk are using two often, so I put a second one in there. It seems like steaming in one, transferring to another for pouring, but that's, like I said, I don't do milk, so you can kind of ignore me there. So that's the ideal. Those are the probably wow. need to have. And then we're into this the is... bonus. Do you have any, <laughs> any comments on those? I mean, <clears throat> I this has really been a whole roller coaster ride for me because, you know, an hour ago on this conversation, I was like, I'm in, I'm spending all the money. I can make great espresso in two minutes. Ex except now we've doubled, I think, my costs of everything and I have to go get 32 things to make coffee. Now, all the AeroPress people who I kind of denigrated at the top of this conversation are like, yeah, how you like us now? 
we have our plastic little tubey thing and we just make coffee with that and some beans and, and we're happy. Good, and it's good coffee. Yeah, espresso is ridiculous. It absolutely like yeah, it adds up. This is most of this stuff is pretty affordable outside of outside of the scale. I know, but now back to my no prep lifestyle. I just added 32 things that are all for preparing coffee that I'm currently making out of my Euro with the touch of a button. I'm very, I'm like pretty conflicted on this at the moment. Yeah, but if that coffee was as good as you wanted, we wouldn't be here. So, I mean. <sighs> well, the coffee, like Americanos are good, but it is about espresso. But man, espresso, you might be too high maintenance. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pot committed. I'm going down this road. But um, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll stop you at fifty cents on the dollar if you, if you just find <laughs> it's too much. So okay. I'll take it all. Wow, fifty percent loss. Perfect. Okay. Who knows what you did with it while you had it? So I mean, there's a chance I do nothing with it right now, give, knowing myself. Um, all right, but you're in at least for you'll buy everything I buy for fifty percent off. Yeah. Okay. All right. At least you know <clears throat> what your your max loss is on this project. Yep. Okay. Um, we'll see if like if this really happens, we'll put it up out to crafted listeners and see if anybody wants to buy it at like forty percent off um to beat your fifty percent off. But um mm. okay. All right. We're well, gonna wrap this soonish, but um yeah, you've we've went through your must. Now where where do you want to take us in your psycho spreadsheet? Are we going ideal or bonus? Bonus now. It's this is the last of it. Okay. Which was the RDT, which it's kind of ideal. It's actually kind of a must, but essentially just a little spray bottle. I have one. I'm just going to give it to you. Well, then make that a must. If you're giving it to me, that's must. Well, it's technically Update. ideal. You can, you could do, you can grind without RDT. It's just going to be No, we're, we're doing RDT. We're going to spray the stupid beans. Uh, then I got filter paper, which I'm going to give you a pack mm -hmm. of a hundred, but it's, I think. I can see you skipping this one just because it, it adds a little bit of time. Um, but the it's just a piece of filter paper on the bottom of the uh, the basket. Um, increase it. it. It's basically been shown to help increase extraction. Uh, this is... I have in here as a leveler as a bonus. So most puck prep right now is going to be WTT. So you're breaking up the clumps. And people would take off the... the Dosing funnel. You can use a level. A level is basically just like a kind of sloped little round thing that uh, will level the surface of the beans in the basket, uh, and then you would tamp. You can. Some people, a lot of people, just skip the leveler and then just go straight to tamp. I I find it's super quick and it makes tamping easier, but you don't need that. Uh, a mixing spoon. That's the rainbow spoon. I have like the. I have like six. So I'll send you one. Is it actually rainbow colored or is that the brand name? I like the idea of a rainbow colored spoon. It's like, it's like metallic rainbow. Okay. It's cool. I know uh, you like your patinas as we established yeah. on the, your knife yeah. amateur hour crafted conversation. All right. Um, you're just going to get a little brush that, that will come with the machine. Or if you buy it like Clive, they're going to have a little like welcome kit for you. Uh, I said get at least one airtight container. I like Airscape. Fellow has these ones that you have to like manually twist the top to dry the air out. It's it's infuriating. So So your notes here, for the record, 
Action two says, take free fellow from Scott. I'll give you one. And then two rows over, you're like, F that. So are you advising me to take yours or you're saying no, just jump straight to the air escape? I'll send it to you. You can have it. No, if you want to try it. It's very popular, but they just it's the air escape is literally you just press down. So technically it doesn't remove all the air, but it's fine. So what about I've been reading more about just leave your beans in the bag they come in. Totally. That has and as like they have these escape valves on them. Yeah, it's totally fine. I mean, for how quick you're going to move through coffee, it's fine. I to me, I find the the airscape is just um, so they're stackable. So, like I said, I have a small space, so I can stack two different type of beans on each other in a really compact space where I couldn't with a bag of beans. And I think they're faster just to open and close. So it's sort of just a convenience thing. You're fine keeping in the bag. It's not. It's not a problem. So. So we may have reduced one thing off our list of thirty-two that I don't yeah. need. Yeah. Okay. Sick. Well, technically, you two, think we- so. And then you can have like a bean vault. So that's where you're just, they're basically small containers. I mean, you just do it with little mason jars, but, or something like that. But small containers where you pre-weigh your beans in, so you don't have to weigh beans every morning. So. That seems like maybe a good thing for me. I, I weigh beans, you weigh beans once a week. And it, it's, I can, depending on your setup, like I'll, I'll, if you want for this, I'll send you a photo of how I do it. And it's very quick, and then I don't have to worry about a scale or beans for a week. So. Um. Time-wise, it's nice, but, you know, it's 60 bucks at least. For, for a bean vault? Yeah, I, I think the, norm, <laughs> the Normcore one is probably the cheapest, or there's some cheaper Etsy ones in there. I don't know, probably, that's just a guess. The one I got is a little more, but, yeah. My goodness. All and right. Get, if you're doing that, you got to get a little funnel. That's like five bucks. I called it the All bean right. delivery bowl. That's the, uh, the, it, you can do that with any, it can be a cup, you know, that's whatever, just something to weigh beans in. Like we haven't, we haven't talked water, which, oh man, okay. that's like, I'm not even appropriate to talk on that. I just, so I, I use third wave just sort of like a water additive. So I just use distilled water and add that in. And it's honestly just sort of, I, if you have good water, you're, you're fine. Um, but I just do it kind of to have, a, I know I have a standard water intake for, uh, for the process. So, um, bonus third wave, uh, I said a microfiber. If you're going to get your thing from Clive, it's going to come with it. I'm still using the same one storage cup, storage cup. I just have something so I can store like the spoons, the, uh, I have a pair of scissors for opening bags and then, um, what else goes in there? Like some of the, the the measuring spoons. When I get a larger pitcher, that's not, again talk to someone who like really knows how to steam milk. I don't. A Weber spring clean. You don't need this. It's kind of they. So essentially, the way you clean the machines is you're gonna put um, like a blind basket in a basic. A blind basket is basically like a hard, a solid basket, and it's gonna send water back through the system, and you're sending it in with this cleaning like salt basically. Um, the spring clean is a spring loaded blind basket, basically. So like if you, you add a bunch of volume and it pushes it back to the machine. They had one that was like super, super expensive. They just came out with a cheap plastic one. Um, Weber, does he make sense? Which I don't own it, but I'll probably get one eventually. 
Uh, and then I set a puck screen holder somewhere to kind of put the puck screens. That's just like a little piece of wood. Mm-hmm. So you can skip mm-hmm. a number of here, but let's, this is I f- almost what I have in terms of items. <laughs> almost? I don't have uh, I don't have a spring clean. And oh, okay, okay. I thought there's not like 20 other things that you didn't put on this no, list. This is, this is an extensive list. I don't, I, I mean, there's probably a couple things I'm missing here, but. Wow. I feel kind of bludgeoned. I've, again, it's been a real roller coaster for me. There's, we've been excited, like we've been in the let's do this. This is, this is a lot. This is a lot. Well, you have a nice checklist to work off of. It's an amazing checklist. I can't wait to get feedback on this from our listeners. I I will be nice to Scott. Don't, you know. I'm a layman. This is just my take on this. I don't, I don't really know what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure that's true, but mm-hmm. this is, um, this is kind of wild to see it all laid uh, out. I'm like, I, yeah, I mean, like I said, I know a little bit, there's much, you know, and then we can get into beans and stuff like that. It's, it's a really, the depth of coffee is pretty intense. So <sighs> this is also why I think tea drinkers are like, yep, this is why we like tea. You boil some water, you put your leaves in a cup, you pour the water over it, steep, and we're done here. And that's actually making a lot of sense at the moment. I mean, pour-overs aren't terribly far from that if you want them to be. So, I mean, you've probably gotten into the pour-overs where you're doing like the timed, you know, the timed dosing and stuff like that, right? No. Hell no. So you just pour it in and immerse it, basically. Yeah, I've had my life experiences. I've had incredibly cheap drip coffee makers where I was buying like the cheapest beans in the world because that's all I could afford. And I was crushing like two pots of coffee a day, especially in the early days of Blister. And then, um, you know, we kind of upgraded to the Mocha Master. Eventually, that was just you know, within the last two years, then I added the Eura automatic to try to appease the people in Alaska who were like, when Cody was denigrating the Eura and turns out I'm, you know, I think the Mocha Master is great, but I use the Eura more. And then here we are and I own a mortar launcher Turin DF83 grinder now that I just opened the box on the other day, have not taken it out of the box. And then I have this spreadsheet that I feel like is quite daunting. I swear, that's my entire coffee journey. But the DF83 will make great pour-overs if you just want to stop there too, so. Yeah, wait, I needed to ask you that. I don't, you're not telling me I need some whole other grinder for pour-overs. I get to just use this DF83 for both pour-overs and espresso? Yeah, you'll be good for that. So, are you? Do you actually believe that, or yeah, are you just saying that now because I've told you how I'm? No, you'll be good. I'm, There's there are certain espresso grinders that have been you know stated they don't do super well pour overs, um, but this will be fine. So, yeah, you'll you'll be good to go for both. I feel like I don't actually. I don't think you believe that. I think you just have heard me talk about how I'm like beat down and bludgeoned because you're the guy who owns multiple grinders. I would make filter coffee on either of them though. So, all right. Yeah, I mean, they're both they're both fine for espresso, fine for filter. 
these burrs, the burrs that people are going here, they're they're using them for both. So the only, I would say, like popular espresso grinder that wasn't super popular for filter is probably the conical, the niche zero, and they just came out with their own flappers. So so yeah, you'll be fine for either. Not fine. Good. These are you have great burrs and a great grinder. So okay, coach. Mm-hmm. Um, dear lord, dear lord. All right. I don't know. I feel like I do. I need a pep talk from you now. What are we done here? What I feel like I could use a little bit of a pep talk. Tell me it's worth it. It 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 is worth it. Um, but you do have to. You know, it has to be daily worth it. If that makes sense. So like I uh, like when you're when you have really good espresso that you make yourself, it's definitely worth it. I think the thing. The biggest thing on the horizon outside of like getting the process down and knowing puck prep and all that stuff, which is, it's really honestly not that hard. Um, the only thing that I run into now that gets frustrating because I is like, I'm still learning beans and understanding the different, there's like so many different processes now in beans. Um, is if you get into a bag of coffee and you're like, oh, I don't love this, but then you're like, well, I still have to drink it for the next week. I have an out there which the guys at work are going to kill me. But if I, I'll usually buy like three beans or something like that. And like, and then whichever one I'm like the least happy with, it's like, I'll bring that one to work. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be like one of the, t- usually we have two beans at work and it's like, I'll, so I'll, I try to layer them that way. I mean, beans get complex too. There are people that want you to like, I don't, I, I, I follow the roaster's instructions basically on some of the stuff. So like I drink a lot of say um, out of New York. They want you to rest their beans for two weeks. Um, I've seen people saying they're best rested after four weeks. So like there's a slight bit of bean management where it's like, okay, I have to stagger. You can avoid a lot of that stuff with planning. But I think that's the only the only thing is when you're like, ah, I, this coffee is just fine. But you yeah. know, you have to drink 12 more espressos to get through the beans. <laughs> that's a little bit of a bummer. So I don't have that wow. happen too often, but um when it does happen, it's it sucks for like a week. Mm. I mean, that, there's no bad. There's like it's not like the coffee's bad. And then you work it. I mean, it like I usually don't even have the same espresso twice. Like usually, I'm doing a slight variation between my first and my second, just just to develop the process. So like I can do that with, um, so I'll do one on one grinder, one on the other, or you can do I'll grind, you know, the second shot with the same pre- pressure problem, but I'll grind it like a half click more refined, you know, and kind of develop. But that, that I guess can also be the other frustrating thing is if you're only making, you know, I do generally 20 gram doses. So, you know, I'm only getting like six days worth of coffee. Sometimes you get it dialed like where you're like, wow, this is like really, really good on day five. And you're like, well, it's gone tomorrow <laughs> on to the next one. So like that process can be a little, I don't know, it's fun, but it can be uh, rewarding. And then the, you know, so then you're like, okay, I'll buy instead of buying you know, a single bag, I'll buy a kilogram of coffee. But then if you're locked in and you don't like it, then you have a kilogram to work through. So I don't know. Yeah. Beans is your next horizon where it can get, it's, you know, you can definitely put your hair out. So anyway, and that's what we're going to do is we're, I'm going to, we're going to, you and I talked oh, about yeah. doing a flight next- and we're going to do a, a paired flight with same grinder, ideally approximately the same pressure profiling and the same beans. And we're going to do, you know, so we'll we'll do a uh, you know 
a blooming espresso and then we'll do you know kind of fake a um you know we can fake a lever shot and then we'll do a turbo and just kind of you're going to get like a um a crash course basically so okay it'll be fun so i i need to basically i need to get an espresso machine soon whenever uh, <laughs> whenever you want i mean a lot of the stuff can be knocked out pretty quick and not all everything you need to start but you do have to get the ability to weigh coffee. I mean, I guess technically you don't even need the scale to start. Um, I mean, you I, need a way I, I have beans, a, but. I have a park tools scale that we use for like, I mean, we have multiple of them, but I have one at the house for if I have skis at the house or boots or something that I'm weighing, should I just make that my, uh, my, it, my bean scale for the time being? Yeah. I mean, you technically don't need to measure your, your yield, you could do it by time. No, we're no, yeah, we're, gonna, I don't, I we're don't not going to do like that. that. Yeah, so you could use that right. scale to 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 be. And like I said, you can do beans on the Akaya. It's a little hard to do pour overs on the Akaya. Okay, well now I need like a actual drink after this. Um, that's man, whiskey's sounding pretty good too. Because that I literally just pour it into a glass and we're done. One step, pour into cup. Um, makes espresso, yeah, seem a whole lot more complicated. I think you're going to have fun. I hope so. Um, well, what has been fun is all of the back and forth we've had on this and the conversations. It delights me to get this on tape for everyone else in the world. I've, I've tried uh, to, de to delay it as long as I can. <laughs> you have. You really have. Yeah. No, um, literally. Yeah, you really have. It's been it I've fought to make this happen. Um so I'm glad we have it on tape. Uh it is uh it is a bit daunting, but I think we'll get there. I'm not giving up on my coffee journey here. Um tempting as it is to just kind of turn around and and run. We're we're going to keep we're going to keep walking into this, but I I will be extremely interested for people to take a look at Scott's spreadsheet. Be nice. But if you are like, yeah, he's got it. Yep, I'm an espresso person and this is what you need to do this. Or if you're like, I've boiled it all down to six steps or whatever. And, you know, for tea drinkers, if you're like, this is why we drink tea, feel free to put that in the comments section and I'll be like, yep, makes perfect sense. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, man, thanks for doing this. And uh, here's to the next step. I've got a couple ideas maybe before I pull the trigger on a specific machine. Maybe. Maybe just one or two other conversations I want to have here, but but we're getting close. So, sounds good. Well, I'm here when you're ready to talk about it. I uh, <laughs> I get to edit this one more time, just for the record. I'm gonna run through it one the more time. The spreadsheet. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm at it just now. so you know, I already made a copy of, of the other one, so you couldn't edit it. Mm. Um, but but we'll see. You 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 do your thing. You edit the spreadsheet, but I might I might post. I'll the original, because the comments were hilarious in there. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably just leave it. <laughs> I did this very late at night, for what it's worth. We won't, we won't judge, other than I do think you're kind of a psychopath in general. But, folks, if Scott is this obsessive about coffee, think about what he actually does for a job, which is building skis. And I do actually think there's something to be said 
if a person can go so obsessively down the rabbit hole for just a drink, I feel like it probably should give you some confidence when it comes to the skis that he's producing for your pleasure and enjoyment. So just keep that in mind. And with that, Scott, I think I'll actually let you go. All right. Sounds good. All right, man. Talk to you soon. All right. I'll go. While that might bring us to the official end of this edition of Crafted, I do want all of you to know that after Scott and I hit stop on our record buttons for this, we then proceeded to talk for another hour and a half about coffee gear, had a couple of new ideas, and so we're not settled. Our work is not totally done yet. There's more to come. And all I can say is, you know, coffee lovers rejoice. All the rest of you pray for us, perhaps. But yeah, that's all I got. Anyway, thanks to Scott for the very long conversation this weekend. Thanks to the strikingly handsome Justin Bob for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. And if you are enjoying these rather obsessive conversations about all kinds of other gear than, you know, the normal stuff we talk about on Blister, well, then please leave us a rating or review and just let us know that you can get down with all sorts of gear dork talkery, and that will help us to just keep this whole thing going and growing. All right, thanks, everybody, and we will talk to you again real soon.